welcome to the Family Bookshelf. My name is Amber from AmbitionsForChrist.com, and with me is my husband, Nick, the Game Schooling Dad. All right, today is our 20th episode in the season, which means it's our special episode and our season finale, I guess you could say. <laughs> so we are going to do something a little special tonight. I am going to do a special episode all about Bibles for kids and teenagers. So hang on to your hats. I'm going to go through a whole <laughs> list of them. And I will mention right at the beginning, a lot of these are actually on my blog, ambitionsforchrist.com, and then forward slash uh, Bibles for Kids and Teens. I will try to have Nick just leave that link in our show notes so you can find that when we're done. Um, but just so you know, you can also, if you're not near a pen right now and you're like, oh my goodness, I wanted to just look that one up and I forgot it, you can find them online that way too. All right, so I'm going to start off by telling you, okay, we have little kids right now. Little kids that can't read, some that are beginner readers, you know, along those lines. And we want them to be in the Bible now, but they're not ready for a Bible yet. Yeah. Not, you know, not a tiny print. Our, our first discussion has to be with what counts as a Bible. Right. <laughs> we, for the first, um, I don't know, until they're five or six now with Laura, yeah. we're using the term loosely. Right. <laughs> we're wanting them to be proud that they own a Bible and that they get to bring it to church with them and that they get to read their Bible every day. But it's a picture Bible is how I'm going to, I guess, loosely call it. It's gonna. It's the Bible that we use to introduce them to the main stories in Scripture. And, and we take this off of Second uh, Timothy 3.16, where it says, all Scripture is God-breathed. Right. You know, the very words that God uses in the Bible are important, and you should mm -hmm. be using as much of a literal translation as you can. You know, and that's right. where these books don't do that. No, they don't. And so, big step back, right now, with these books, picture books I'm going to talk at the beginning, just realize they are picture books. They are not right. God's word and, in that sense. And to be fair, they're not in your list, but they do the same kind of things for adult. There's adult quote-unquote Bibles <laughs> oh, out yeah. there as well. I think you just read one for one of your study groups not too long ago, three, four oh, years ago. Story? the story? The story or yes. the message? Is that another one? There's the message as a type of Bible retelling, and then there's also yeah. the one called the story. And Which, they're, they're great. They're fun to read they through. They have certain purposes, but it's in. It's not accurate to call them Bibles. Exactly. I I put that with a giant asterisk next to it. I yes. guess you could say I can't say that word. So they're, they're, <laughs> they take the topics of the Bible and rework the words so that it fits into the right ideas or the right mm -hmm. topics. And that's technically not what a Bible is about. And these books do similar things. When it right. talks about you know Daniel in the lion's den, it doesn't necessarily give the exact scripture from Daniel in the lion's den, but it gets you the idea of. Daniel was praying to God, got in trouble, got thrown in the lion's den. Right. You know. Well, and I think the biggest thing here is, we've talked about this before, biblical literacy. This is how you introduce those stories in the Bible that are important, yeah. these people from the Bible that your kids need to know. Before they can dive in and understand deep theology, they still need to know, you know, who Definitely. who was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, I'll never forget the first time I taught VBS, and we were talking about Abraham, mm -hmm. and I spent probably two or three minutes talking about Abraham before the kid finally asked, "Oh, you mean Abraham Lincoln?" No, and I realized this. I mean, I had just spent three minutes totally talking over this kid's head. He had no idea. Right. And you I know. mean, you don't realize that was a sixth grade kid, no yeah. less. I mean, we're not talking a three or four year old no, kid. We're talking a like kid. a sixth grade kid. And similar, we were doing um, singing time and the, 
you know, they're playing a game, you know, where's the hat, find the hat kind of thing. And it's next to the big T sign, next to the big T, you know, and like, oh, that, that's a cross, that's buddy. That's a cross. They that's don't a cross, know cross, sweetheart. They didn't know what that was. Yeah. You know, that's, so and, you got to build this biblical literacy. Right. And handing them a new, or handing them a King James Bible <laughs> and say, read this, isn't going to get any kid no, <laughs> any kind not, of biblical literacy. You're, you're not engaging your two-year-old. We'll put it that way. <laughs> so, okay. With all that in mind, let me say we've. I wanted to find good picture Bibles for our kids. Now, let me hedge this with. We have a stack of kids' Bibles. Mm-hmm. We've got them coming out of my ears. Some of them I can't wait till I can kick out of this house or smuggle out in the dead of night because they're really annoying and awful. Yeah. There are I some mean, really bad I will, ones out there. I, that sounds bad, but they're just awful. <laughs> <laughs> then there's some that I'm like, I'll tolerate them. They're okay. I'm not going to get rid of them. We have like a study Bible for kids one that's kind of that way of like, it's not my favorite. The kids enjoy it. I don't like the pictures it, in yeah. it. I'm like, whatever. Okay, I'll tolerate it. Then we have our all-time favorite one. It's called the Candle Bible for Kids. And this is our special one because it's the one our daughter loves. Not only does she love it, but we love it too. I really enjoy this one. I will say the pictures in it are still cartoonish, but they are brightly colored and they're much more accurate than a lot of picture Bibles that are out there. And what I really enjoy is how many Bible stories there are sure. in this. This book can walk us through a whole school year if I separate it out. I've used it a couple times now with our school stuff for preschool. I also enjoy the fact that they even put in there, like, you know, where to find this actually in the real Bible. They have little notes at the bottom of each story, so you can find it in an actual Bible and point it out if you want to. They also give you a couple paragraphs they tell the story yeah and that's what i remember liking about you're you are far more familiar with this than i am i think you probably read this book you probably read this bible with the kids once a month it feels like it it. um but what i remember being about it liking about it is that the stories are incredibly accurate incredibly Mm -hmm. detailed and i'm trying to sit here and think um do they show david decapitating goliath no, they don't. They don't? Okay. But they do show like him with like the slingshot. I okay. mean, going to kill Goliath or something. But I just remember that one because, yeah, our Sunday school teacher was so shocked because they even mention it, you know, and it's like they're, they're, you, it's part of the Bible. It's part of the that's, story. Yeah, I can't, just what happened? Like, yeah. yeah. But I, I will, yeah, I wish the pictures in this one were better. I, I always kind of almost half joke because we got with our My Father's World curriculum last year, we got a children's Bible with it. And I love the pictures in it. They're very true. And they're gorgeous illustrations. I mean, they are very good illustrations. I don't know how much I can emphasize how amazing those illustrations are. (laughs) And the stories are terrible. And I'm like, why? Why do you do this? They're only two pages long. They leave out all the big details. They're just awful. It makes me mad. Um, And I really wish I could just, like, honest to goodness, the perfect children's Bible for me was to be if I could combine the candle Bible for kids with the illustrations from the one from their My Father's World curriculum, because it would just be awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I I love that candle Bible for kids. I have no problem when they bring it to me and want to hear a story, because the stories are accurate, and they're Mm -hmm. they're to the detail and to the point, but they're, they're not so long where it becomes frustrating. I know right. you're going to talk about one, another one here in a minute, which is the opposite problem. They're so long. I you know. know. Reading reading about uh, some of these Bible stories from an actual Bible can take two or three pages. Yeah, you don't realize how long some of these biblical accounts are. Yeah. 
I mean, they break down the story of Abraham to like a couple pages. That's several chapters in Genesis. Mm-hmm. You do realize like how long some of these Bible accounts take to tell in the real Bible. <laughs> Not to mention there's certain parts I'm like editing out because I'm like, okay, I don't want to have to explain some of this right now. <laughs> we don't need our three-year-old asking questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, why was Lot, what was Lot doing? Yeah. Just move along. <laughs> I, I like reading this with the candle book for, candle book, candle Bible for kids. <laughs> I like that. I like reading this one. Yeah. Well. And a good one to read. I will throw out another one. It's a totally silly one. Don't get this one solely just because of it, but it is a favorite one for our kids because it's Bernstein Bears. It's silly as I'll get out, but it is the one our boy happened to enjoy. There's not a ton of Bible stories in it. It's not going to get you through a lot of options, but what I do enjoy about it and find kind of funny is they do have some odd ones in there, like the story of Babel, like the Tower of Babel. You don't find many kids' Bibles that talk about the Tower I of Babel. I struggle with the Berenstein Bears one because this is the one that the stories are so long. Just give me the Bible to read it, and I'll go through the whole thing. They <laughs> do give the accounts print, they give. And it's like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> they do give the accounts in lengthier form, I think. And probably, yeah, it's, again, this one's not my all-time favorite. But at the same time, it is one that attracted him and got him into the stories and so i think that's also the big one i would say with a lot of these is you're gonna just have to throw a bunch of these into your kids hands and see which one attracts them because at this point you are just introducing him to these characters these people and run from there and, and the other part i struggle with the berenstein bears bible is because it's all bears the, the, the yeah. people are bears and one thing you have to get away from and we have to get away from as just a society not alone with kids is that these are these are not um, fiction stories. Right. I, I use the term stories only in a narrative sense, mm-hmm. not as in fiction. This right. didn't happen. This is just this a made-up story true, we can learn from. No, this, no. This is a history. This is a history book just as much as it is anything else. Yeah. It's a historical account that is true and accurate. And we take that away when we put in, yeah, bears in the place of people and stuff. So I would, yeah, again. I, I know creation. the Creation Museum, when we went there and, and saw that, they, they had almost a whole... Um, little wall about the cuteness of you know noah's ark and we put mm-hmm. that on you know baby's nurseries and <laughs> this is a horrible story of the entire world being wiped out because god is so mad and frustrated he's made man right people are you know <laughs> drowned right and, it sounds crazy i still it's one of the reasons i love those illustrations in that um one from my father's world because it shows the people that are left outside the ark and it's sad and it's you know it, it catches that that darkness of that moment of, you know, why there is God's grace of he did let these people in the ark and he did save humanity. People rejected him and it's sad. And I like the fact when they do bring that up to kids because kids can handle these big conversations a lot more than we probably want to give them credit for. And And it doesn't mean it has to be gory either. Not at all. And with Noah and the whole, you know, everyone is drowned. Well, this was actually an act of God's love. Because mm-hmm. of how depraved and evil man had become. Right. And, and this is actually, you just have to have this conversation with people for them to see, no, this was actually, this was actually a good thing God did. Yeah. You know, this I mean, was actually not He a repented of making mankind. They'd gotten so they bad. Gotten That's so pretty bad. bad. <laughs> I mean, we're pretty bad now, and he still hasn't gotten to this point yet. Yeah. I mean, you can imagine, I mean, we probably can't imagine. No. How horrible and evil these people had to have been. Yeah. And I still believe that if they had wanted to get on the boat, he would have let them. Oh, yeah. The I mean, they yeah, they had and, years to make that option, I mean, yeah, and they, they didn't. had 100 years, right, where they yeah. sat there and watched this crazy person <laughs> build a boat for no reason. And preach about it. <laughs> yeah. So. 
All right. And then I will mention one other one. I don't own it personally. This one is called The Beginner's Bible. It's actually, there's also TV series that have come out with it over the years. It was big back in the 90s, I know. But this is another one of those kind of introductory picture Bibles that are a good step into an actual Bible. Um, Again, kind of childish pictures. It's kind of just another one of those run-of-the-mill, I guess, kids' Bibles in some ways, but it is considered one of those gold standard ones. It's one of the top ones that you'll find being sold on Amazon in several places. And I do think it does a good job. I remember having friends that had it when I was a kid and always thinking it looked really cool and exciting, and they seemed to enjoy it. And I've I've flipped through it a few times as an adult. I was like, good grief, we don't need another kid's Bible. So it's (laughs) half the reason I've just never gotten it for us, because I'm like, if I put another one on that shelf, we're going to all die in an avalanche of kids' Bibles. Um, but it is definitely another one out there. So if your kid maybe doesn't seem as attracted to one or the other of, you know, my recommendation, and I'm not familiar with the beginner's Bible. My recommendation is to go to a used book sale or a Mm -hmm. library that maybe has these books. I know as my library, we don't throw away any Bible. I put them on a shelf and I'll give them to people if I ask, Right. you know, go and just get as many kids Bibles as you can. Yeah. Whatever catches their eye, whatever makes them interested, whatever makes them want to read more or learn more. Get it in their hands. Yes. And, it, and if they trash a couple, if they destroy a couple, it's don't okay. worry about it. My, mm-hmm. my problem with, you know, when you start getting to the Beginner's Bible or uh, the Adventures in Odyssey Bible, <sighs> you know, these ones that you're going to end up spending some money for, mm-hmm. if they trash it, you get upset and you're angry. And, well, wait a minute. Then you're not, then really they're not allowed to look at it or touch it at all. Right. And you don't want, you want them to know that the Bible is something they should be in every day and that they can finger up and use. And let's be honest, our favorite Bibles that we have don't look great because we use them all day. They're ragtag. I have pages falling out of it and my maps won't stay in. And I love it. Yeah. I've taken notes and highlighted and written in them. And so I want my kids to know that's how a Bible should be. It is. But at three years old, you're not going to get that. What you're going to get is them ripping pages out. You you come around the corner and half the Bible is ripped up. And and the first thing that goes through your mind is, oh, my goodness, I spent $30 on that Bible. (laughs) And now it's destroyed. (laughs) And now it's seen in my living room in pieces. That's not what I wanted to see right now. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's, it's much easier to take that when you realize to yourself, oh, I got that for free. I'll just pick it up. Of course, we'll go through, you know, the, the conversation. Of, we don't of, yes, do that. This isn't how we treat any book, you know. Right. And you know, then, you got to treat it nicely and gently, but then we can move on with our lives. Yes. So, yes, very good point there. <laughs> <laughs> just get as many, and that's why we have a whole shelf it of is, them. It is, because they can use them. <laughs> yeah, they can use them, and I want them using them. Yeah. So. so, all right. And then, okay, so those are the ones for your beginner readers and your pre-readers. Those are kind of the Bibles I recommend for there to start with. Again, Bible term Once, loosely. And, and Laura is almost there at, at almost six now. Yeah. So we're getting out of that pretty quickly. But even once they get to middle school. Mm, elementary and middle, middle school. Elementary school, they should start to getting to regular Bibles, full right. text Bibles. Right. This isn't, yeah, your picture Bible anymore. Now, they may need some help understanding it. And obviously, at this point in time, we're going to have to have a translation discussion. We'll have that discussion in this video a little later. Yeah. <laughs> My wife said we're going to save that to the end because that's all we talk about for the next hour and a half. I, I have to have a cutoff <laughs> point for him, folks. It's a saying. All right. So I am going to move into those now. Um, one that I didn't own that I just want to mention briefly, just really quick, is called the Adventures in Odyssey Bible. If you have a kid who happens to love Adventures in Odyssey, this is an actual Bible with the actual Bible text, but it's also got all sorts of silly Adventures in Odyssey stuff through it, and it sounds silly. 
And I think it's just one of those things where sometimes you have to step back and realize that your kids have outside interests and sometimes using those outside interests like a biblical, you know, like a biblical resource like Adventures in Odyssey <laughs> can help draw a kid in. I, Speaking personally, I would have been one of those kids. It was way more fun. I had one of my friends growing up had the Adventures in Odyssey Bible and that's why I knew about it and I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I remember looking through it and actually stopping to read the Bible because it's there, you know, and it's also Adventures in Odyssey themed and it was fun. So Amber's sad childhood <laughs> catches up to her. She didn't get her Adventures in Odyssey Bible. I know, I know. No, I love the fact that I got to see it, but I didn't need another Bible on my shelf, let's be honest. Um, but anyway, so that is just something to keep in mind. Sometimes you do have to find these Bibles with those special interests. With that same idea in mind, I would plug one. I know it's on your list. It's not a true Bible, but mm. it's another one that's going to engage especially boys yes uh, the ad, the action bible excuse yes. me the action bible which is a graphic novel a bible in graphic novel form that thing is amazing it's so cool the pictures are absolutely amazing again one of these bibles that i will say you don't just give this to your kid and say this is all you ever read it's not a bible in that sense this it's not the bible that they're going to be able to take to church with them and no. you know when the pastor says turn to genesis you know 13 Verse, no. you know, whatever. They can't do it that way. It's not a Bible that would count for Awana books, right? It probably wouldn't cost. <laughs> yeah. Although they, they let a lot of Bibles slide there at Awanas. They're just happy you showed up and you brought something. So, um, but anyway, it, but it is just one of those amazing books that, especially, yeah, if your kid is a visual reader or loves those graphic novels, and especially if you have a boy, this is going to be one of those that just draws him in and gets him into the Bible in a whole new way. And use those. I think, you know, use every opportunity you Definitely. can to bring those in. You know, realize it's a tool. It's a side. And at some point you will have to tell them, you have to read the Bible. You uh, know, and That's it, the big thing. None of this replaces real Bible reading. Right. But hopefully it supplements and hopefully it builds into real Bible reading. Right. Because Again. the goal is to raise them up and realize, you know, just like we start our baby on milk. And even Paul talks about Paul this. Paul talks about it, yes. You know, Thanks. you start as milk. You start with milk and then you grow into solid food. And realize, you know, your kids need milk in the spiritual sense too. And it's okay if they don't start with a King James Version, you know, study Bible that's 17 inches thick and they can't, it weighs more than them. That's okay. Start them, start them learning Greek early. <laughs> I love Greek, but don't do it that early. Seriously, y'all. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So that was just a little digression. There's a couple into... of other Bibles to yeah, consider. Those are some Odyssey, fun ones. That's one of your um, interests. And the Action Bible, I think is definitely worth looking at. Yes. But it's not, a, it's not, again, not a true Bible. Mm -hmm. It's just a really cool visual representation right. of the Bible. And if your kids have some other interests, I think there's even things that have come out, and I haven't looked into them, but like the Lego Bible or different things like that, where they have those, they have these interests that kids have, and they put it no. in there with the Bible. Number one selling book of all time, by far, not even close, in every language, in every country. It's Everything wants to have their name attached to a Bible. It will sell. <laughs> right. When I, when I buy books for the library, there's an entire back half of the website that exists that is all Bibles. Yeah. I mean, and, and I never even go there because I... It, it's, it's so... Pupon. I mean, I remember when Christian book distributors would actually send out big catalogs and they'd send like one for the regular books and then they'd send like this hefty thing that was just Bibles. Yeah. 
And I was like, I had no idea as many Bibles could exist. <laughs> like, it's, whoa. So everything. I mean, you can yeah. find a Bible out there for right. just about anything. Yeah. And so not go all of hunting. them are good, but right. do your research and look into it a little bit. Yeah. Do some research, look into it, and have fun with finding one that'll fit for your kid find and their interests. Yeah. yeah. And that you can tolerate having <laughs> in your house because there is some reality to that, too. Um, okay. Now I'm moving on to, yeah, this is the one. Um, these are real Bibles solid Bibles and ones that will move your kids now into more of that meat of the word. I'm going to start with one. It's the one I actually had when I was a kid and we've now got another copy of it for our daughter. It's called the adventure Bible. And I do believe there's a couple different translations out there. The most common one is still NIV. It's a super easy translation for kids to read. It's very readable. It's, you know, and we'll get into again, translation stuff later, but (laughs) It's a simple to read translation so that your kids can just understand, especially early readers and young kids. And what I love about this, the one I remember when I was even a kid reading it, on the sides, they have this stuff back in Bible times, they called it. And it's like these little historical commentary footnotes um, that are brought to a kid's level. When you're reading through the book of Ruth, which I love the book of Ruth, but it was really weird because in this one scene, Boaz takes off his sandal and gives it to a guy. And I'm like... Why? Why would someone, that's gross. Why are you giving someone your stinky shoe to, you know, explain something? You know, and so, and in this kid's, in this adventure Bible, it goes through and explains, this is actually how they signed a deal. This is a contract. And it goes through and explains it in very kid-friendly, simple language so that they understood that cultural context. Also, at the beginning of each book of this one, I still go back to it sometimes just for this purpose because they explain who the author is or who they believe the author is, the timeline it was written in, the culture of the day, all these amazing things. And I think that's something that, you know, it's a great tool for kids to start to understand that the Bible happens in a much bigger world and a much bigger picture. And it didn't happen in modern day America because sometimes we get confused and like we're trying to put like what happened in the Bible into our modern setting. Yeah. And we don't understand that they lived in a whole different world. Like there was no technology. There was none of this. And we don't understand that. And so I think this adventure Bible and some other kids Bibles are out there that do it really well too. Just explain that and commentary that so that kids can start to get a grasp and it doesn't become a stumbling block for them understanding what they're reading in the actual Bible. So I definitely will highly recommend the Adventure Bible. This is probably one of the, the best ones I've ever seen out there for kids to just really step them, take them that next step into the real Bible while still giving them that kid-friendly help that they need to understand what on earth am I reading right now, you know? So I would probably go there next. And then I'm going to move on from there, big step up towards like middle school and teenage years. This is when you do step away from the cutesy picture books, the, you know, all of the, I guess the cutesiness, you know, and this is where you have to kind of get into the real meat. This is where kids are, they're facing big questions now. And now we will get into, um, I guess I'll start by mentioning the one I enjoyed was one geared for teens called the Revolve Devotional Bible. Mm -hmm. I like this one. I struggle with it now a little bit because it is a very basic like simplified word translation that I sometimes struggle with some of the word choices they use. But again, beautiful, beautiful explanation, a great step up from like the adventure Bible because it still has some of that great commentary on the side and walks you through that, but at a much higher level and a much more mature grown up level so that kids can start to take that step 
from, you know, just little kid Bible understanding to big kid Bible understanding. And um, then I guess the one I'll have you highlight actually more is one called the Revolution Bible. It's Mm -hmm. the Bible for teen guys, technically. But this is actually the one you're using right now. That's the one I bought. I bought it uh, our first year of marriage. Mm -hmm. So I was a new Christian at the time. Right. Uh, Didn't quite know anything. I just knew I needed a, a very readable Mm-hmm. translation of this so this is what we found and to be honest you go into a christian bookstore or something like that the entire thing is geared towards women <laughs> <laughs> yes it's hard to find a bible it, for guys it's hard <laughs> to find a, a bible for yeah boys uh you mm-hmm. either go very obvious ones like sports you know there's, mm-hmm. there's sports devotions out there and all that kind of stuff but it is hard so uh the revolution it's a decent one it's an uh niv bible uh i struggle with it because the side notes are not commentary they're more reflection or personal questions. And sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Right. Uh, you know, it's really easy to read these things and start thinking that this is part of Scripture as well, is when you take every piece of Scripture and apply it to you directly, you start to get some muddled ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, of course, when you start talking Old Testament. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, not all of that is geared towards 21st century uh Christians, right. you know, it's geared towards the Old Testament, the Jews back in Israel and, you know, the Holy mm-hmm. Land. Now, that's not to say that we can't learn things and not to say we can't take or oh, discredit yeah. what that is. It's just to say that when you start to personalize and make everything a reflection question, you're getting into a very subjective world of the Bible reading. Right. And so it becomes difficult. I end up actually skipping a lot of those and just ignoring them. Right. Uh, it also has notes out of place. Yeah, okay, it puts David and Goliath right next to each other, but, you know, Saul and David are actually, like, in Chronicles or something. <laughs> it's like, well, wait a minute, this is actually back, you know, this needs to go back to Samuel. So you get a little confused sometimes like that. But it's a solid NIV it's a solid. Sorry, our junior um, assistant in podcasting is with us this evening, and he likes to talk He's now too. So a little fussy on us. Um, but okay. so hopefully you can't hear too much of that. But if you do, he's just sharing his opinion on the Bibles as well. It, it's a solid. Uh, the Revolution is a solid NIV Bible. I don't yeah. have any real complaints with it. Uh, if I, well, we'll get to that when I do the translation <laughs> discussion. A, a solid Bible. I don't have any real problems. With right. It. And then I guess the last few I want to highlight that are just good ones for especially your high school and you're college age students. Now we're to ones. the your, your kids are basically adults, but they're not quite adults yet. Sure. And they're going to be facing a bunch of stuff and, in the real I, world. I would say these are great for college students who are going off because they focus primarily on apologetics. Yes. Reasons for your faith. Um, the first one is called The Case for Christ Study Bible. This was put together and compiled by Lee Strobel, the author of The Case for Christ. And he basically takes a lot of stuff he talks about in his book and actually puts that throughout the Bible and explains it better, I think. Um, It helps just because it is right next to the scripture that he's referencing. Um, I love especially with this one, he goes through a lot of the archaeological evidence for the Bible. And that's amazing. It's it's wonderful stuff to read. I love reading that stuff. Yeah, this Bible is just one of those ones I... I love this Bible. This is Bible. my favorite Bible that we own. Yeah. By far. It is, and my problems with it are it's so pretty, I don't want to mess it up, I, so I don't use it. Right. Uh, it's also really big and kind of awkward. It's huge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, speaking as a person that's like trying to carry kids to church or something, this is not the Bible I'm taking to church because yeah. it's too big. 
And even so much as right now, it's like, yeah, usually I am holding a baby in my hand, so I can't hold a big Bible as well. I need something that's easy to hold in my hand. It's, it's also big, but it's not large print. No, it's not large print. <laughs> Reading glasses alert. <laughs> um it's meant for, if your kids are still young and reading fine, they'll be fine. <laughs> We're just now over 30 and we have to have but reading glasses. kids going off to college and maybe need a little bit more explanation as to why this matters or mm -hmm. what's the proof behind this or can you, you know, back this up in some fashion? That's what this book has a lot of it. It does. It has the evidence. It talks to um, reliable scholars. They reference them as well so that your kid can actually go, they could be reading this section of the Bible and go, man, I want to learn more about this oh, here's someone that's already written a book about this and they're referenced right here too. So now I can go study into it further in all these other resources as well. And I just, it's done exceptionally well. So I would highly recommend the Case for Christ Study Bible. Also, again, this is one I don't own. I've just been privileged to peek at from <laughs> other people. It's called the Apologetic Study Bible for Students. And it also does a lot of the Case for Christ type stuff i guess you would say the archaeological stuff all those conversations i'd say it's probably just done a little bit more simplistically than maybe the case for christ study bible i mean lee strobel is just one of those he's a total scholar when it comes to this stuff and so sometimes i guess he almost goes like so over the top that it's like whoa information overload whereas this one just gives you like quick pointers and so i'd say that's probably the difference but either one of these are great ones to get your kids that apologetics background that surrounds the scriptures and putting it in the scriptures as they're studying it and reading it and i'm going to put you on the spot a little bit as Ooh. we go on you just made me buy you a new bible not long ago what, what was that bible oh she reads truth bible that one i like a it's beautiful it has the most thin pages ever but it is beautiful and it is one of those bibles i i got it mainly because there's tons of room on the side to take notes there's room all over you can if you're into I, i'm not I, I artistic haven't, i haven't been allowed to touch it or no it. no you have so, not I, was, I mean i was honestly generally curious of why did you want this bible so i bad. love it because it is it's a beautiful bible just in your hand it's gorgeous and the fact that there is room that I can take notes. I My biggest downfall, I have my favorite English Standard um, Study Bible. That is the one I've used since I started confirmation when I was 12 years old. It's the same one I've had since then, and it is falling apart. But I like it because I know where everything is at in it, and I can flip to it instantly in that Bible. <laughs> and my only struggle with it is there is nowhere for me to take a single note. Right. And... As I've grown up, I've highlighted that thing to no end, and I know where stuff is, but it gets frustrating because I'm now to the point where I'm like, I do need a new Bible to start over in almost some sense <laughs> so that I do get that freshness, and I do have a place to even record my thoughts about what's here or why this scripture is important right now or just even a prayer that I want to write out or something in the foot, you know, in the, I need room. <laughs> what, what translation is that she reads oh, truth? revised standard version it's and, kind of an off version and, and there are other versions available i believe of it but i uh, think that's the one i picked because they didn't have the new king james version i think which is the other one i would have probably and that's, taken and that's where we're headed here is because uh she likes her english standard version and the times i've picked that up i don't care for it at all 
Um, so I'm going to say some things. I went to a Baptist <laughs> <laughs> seminary, and so I'm going to probably make a lot of Baptists really mad. Um, they are strong into King James only. That's the right. only version of the Bible you read ever. And mm-hmm. I, I don't really agree with that. Right. Well, and I will say I did learn because I never understood. So when you were going, I never understood why so many people were so adamant to King James over some others. And it has not so much to do with how they, I guess, what words they translate, but what text they start with. Because there yes. was an older text versus a newer yeah. text that they used to make these translations. And there's some theology, there's some so, legit reasons. So to yeah, put go it ahead. Very simply, kind of in a nutshell, Darwin changed everything, uh, including, <laughs> the ways, including the ways we decided to start keeping and looking at records and documentation, right? Mm-hmm. So, what they used to do is take the books that were the most used books of the Bible and they copy those and translate those, and those were the ones they kept. Well, Darwin, because of Darwin's ideology, because of that thinking, they said, well, it doesn't matter how much there are, it doesn't matter how used it is, we need to go with the oldest one, the oldest document is actually the correct one Mm -hmm. so no matter what these ones at all said if the oldest document said something different they went that way that's how niv did it niv made it that oldest one right the new king james said well these are the ones that are used these are the ones that everyone accepts we're going to translate these guys well and there was a few verses in particular they pointed out yes they changed this and i can't think of them offhand but uh, i know one was romans 116 i think was it um it was the power of and instead of like the power of God, it's just like, and the power. And it was like, and he even said, he was like, something about, the, he's like, it takes God out of the picture in a lot of these. And then there was one about Jesus. The one I remember, the one I remember was in John. And again, I'm not going to remember where he, um, they're asking, the disciples are asking Jesus, well, aren't you going to come up to this thing with us now? And Jesus says, no, I'm not coming. And then the next sentence is, and then Jesus went up. And it basically, basically makes Jesus a liar. But yeah. if you actually look at it in the King James, it says, I'm not coming now right you know and that whole idea of that word now makes it that jesus was not lying he wasn't going now with the disciples he went later right on his own because he was trying to hide himself i think i, I don't remember the entire context i, I wish yeah i wish i could yeah give you more wrap on my I head written down in my bible but i'm not sure <laughs> i don't remember what it is exactly right and and we read that book we talked about it just a couple episodes about the, how the king james the canon was. of scripture one yeah. by ff F. bruce yeah there's the canon of scripture was how the books were compiled but uh this one was the oh the other one that yes I, um, <laughs> you're throwing me now because you said canon of scripture sorry um no which one is it oh in the beginning in the beginning but the people that they got to translate and create the king james bible are literally probably the greatest scholars the earth has ever produced right i mean they knew every language and they spoke <laughs> they were amazing fluently and they were absolutely amazing men who did this well mm-hmm. and then you get to like the niv and you start looking at some of those people they were not as great as scholars mm-hmm. and some of them had some backgrounds that were well questionable at least one of them that are again the professor told me or told us the class of course the professor talked about was a uh, homosexual mm-hmm. and so all of these verses about homosexuality kind of start to change a little bit yeah you know and that becomes a little scary yeah <laughs> that, you know. you're now trying to change god's word and yeah. that's not okay so, you know, so the King James Bible kind of is the gold standard. Uh, mm-hmm. My problem with it is it's virtually unreadable. Especially, I mean, you think about, you know, yes, you and I can read it. We have a pretty high function. We read all day, every day, it feels like. Yeah. 
not many people have that. And it's still confusing. I, I believe the average newspaper is written at a third grade level now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was an eighth grade level when I was in middle school. So that's how quickly this has gone downhill. <laughs> so if it's you were to stand there with a group of people or if you were to go, go be, preach a sermon, pull out your King James and read it, they are going to look at you with a blank-eyed stare. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about when I was a teacher and I did this to classes. And I read in front of them and they had no clue. You know, I'm basically going to have to stop after every word and explain what every right. word It's like means. Shakespeare. It's written in Shakespeare's time, and it sounds like Shakespeare in a lot of senses. Mm-hmm. And people can't get through Shakespeare either. So no. let's be honest. They can't understand this. Yeah. And we want them to be able to understand the Bible. At some point, it has to become a matter of you have to – they can't know God's word if they can't understand so it. I would argue, and I love the argument I think it's our pastor made. He said, you know, the best translation is the one you will read. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I have to agree with that. If you can't if – you, if you're not reading it or if you can't read it, I mean, then it does you no good. I will, I will say my only stop there is um, there are Bibles out there now that claim God – that literally use, like – she to refer to God, okay, and yes. there are those weird translations. Skip those, yes, throw them I off mean, your shelf. Don't we do those. Could talk about those translations, but those well, are not those the are ones not, we're talking about. We're talking about Bibles to begin yeah, with. Yeah, like know. ESV versus, or I guess English Standard Version <laughs> versus Revised Standard Version versus new, new American Standard the new Bible. Living translation, right? You know, the message, you know, yeah, the message is a questionable one. Right. I would recommend that you look up literal translations of the Bible, mm-hmm. and because those are the ones you really want, and the, the two big ones are. King James, and the one that I like, if I get the opportunity to buy another Bible when I'm ready to go spend money on a Bible, it'll be the new King James. Uh, I read that last year off of my Bible app on my iPad, and I really fell in love with it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. That was the one I really liked. Um, The NIV is okay, and it's it's probably nice because it has the broadest appeal. I think mm-hmm. you can walk into any church, and they're probably their pew Bibles are probably going to be NIV. It's easy to find. It's easy to read. And it's a good basic start, but you do have to just realize there are a lot of those little word questions in it. And so as you start to study deeper into your Bible, you're going to notice those things like, well, Jesus said he wasn't coming, and then he came to Jerusalem to follow the disciples. And it's like, now he looks like he lied. And it's like, no, he didn't. We need to study into this more. When we look into those things, you know, I if you come across something like that as you're studying your Bible and you see a word like that, and you're like, man, that, almost, that doesn't sound right or something in this translation— that's when I really say use um, use another translation or go on the internet. There are sure. so many translations you can see. Study those things. Look into them and realize that maybe there's just a quick translation error that you need to smooth out by understanding. Those, and to be fair, those those problems are not only really hard to find, they're pretty mm-hmm. few and far between. And, they and are. most translations are solid. They're good translations. M- my recommendation would be be willing to have a variety of translations. Mm-hmm. You know, be willing to have multiple translations that are upheld. Um, have a have an NIV, but also be willing to have a King James and an ESV and you know these other things. And they're also just good ways. Sometimes they just present. The, the sentences a little differently. Yeah. You know, sometimes they just have a little better turn of phrase that might catch someone's interest a little bit differently. Well, and I know even for me, I love my English standard, but it's such a literal translation that sometimes the the language in it could be choppy to read. And so I look at a different translation for a few minutes or a few sentences that just sounds choppy. And I'm like, man, what is, what is I really saying here? You know, and I'll read it in a different translation. It's like, oh, that's much more smoothly worded. I understand what they were saying there. And then it just like that light bulb moment of, uh, oh, yeah. 
Okay. And, and the resources we have to, available to us make all the difference. I mean, it is. we we don't live in the world where you you're lucky if you have one book of mm-hmm. the Bible or something. Like that. We live with BibleGateway.com, Bible Hub, Blue Bible. You oh, know, yeah. all of these things where you can look at multiple translations on the same screen and compare them side by side. And big step backwards, that rarely matters. It. I mean, you yeah. Know? Let's be honest. The Holy Spirit is there with us, and He will help us to understand what we need to understand. Sure. And he will make sure his message gets across to us when we're willing and receptive and, and you to went it. theological with that way more than I oh, okay. have. I was simply saying, you know, I spend the first 15, maybe 30 minutes of my day reading my Bible. Mm-hmm. And at that point in time, I'm not frustrated over what I'm reading oh, or yeah. frustrated about which translation I have. You know, this, I'm just happy and enjoying my time with right. the Lord. You know. Well, and again, if you have those questions, there's also amazing commentaries out there that can help you. I think we even highlighted one, and we'll probably talk about other commentaries yeah. another time. I've because, been on a commentary kick lately. Because commentaries are amazing, too. They really do give you that extra information outside of the Bible to help you understand what's going on. Because let's be honest, there is questions that we don't understand in our modern setting that these commentaries help give you that that context that's necessary to really grasp why is this a big deal or what are they saying here and i think that's amazing use those tools they're tools and they're wonderful but just realize at the end of the day what matters is you get into a bible and you find a bible that works for you and that you love reading every day day in and day out that's the most important thing i agree well said so all right this has been one of our really long episodes thank you so much for hanging out with us and hanging in here for this really long one um, again, if you ever want to look up some of the ones we were talking about, they're on ambitionsforchrist.com and forward slash Bibles for Kids Teens. And we'll leave that link in the notes. Please find us on Facebook. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast here. Leave a review. We love to hear from you all. Send me an email over at amber at ambitionsforchrist.com. Just get in touch with us. We love talking to everybody. All right. Thanks so much. Have a good day.